Welcome to the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Everyone has at least one good story. And some of us have stories that are just to the left of normal. We're interested in the ones that push the boundaries of what we can perceive. Stories that defy explanations. Stories with an air of mystery. Stories we might not share. For fear of being thought of differently. But don't worry. We're all friends here. So, what's What's your weird story? story? It's time once again for the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Your weekly podcasts are true, unusual, amazing, exciting, out there, uh, hard to believe, uh, supernatural, paranormal, fantastical stories told by the people who lived them and experienced them and uh, all that good jazz. I am Adam Beebe, one of your hosts. And also, one of your hosts is always who he is. He's the smiling sensei, Mr. Barry Johnston. Hello, Barry. How are you, sir? Good, Professor. How are you? Thank you. I am fine. You know, Barry, Yeah. uh, Easter Sunday was just a couple of days ago, and uh, I didn't do anything necessarily to celebrate, but I was driving around, I was working, and uh, I thought it would be, you know... Take a walk down memory lane, because you know on Sundays I like to listen to full albums. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. By bands, you know, on my Spotify. And uh, I thought, well, you know, it's Easter Sunday. And I used to listen to, when I was younger, in middle school, uh, especially used to listen to a lot of uh, religious music, you know, um, contemporary religious. So I went and I found... um, I remember one of the bands that I had a tape of, but I hadn't listened to. God knows how long. Um, you know, thirty years or whatever, uh, was a band called Bride. Bride. Bride, yeah, I do remember Bride. They were a metal band, dude. That's right, they were. And yeah, I so I wow. found that tape that I had and I listened to it. And man, I tell you what, dude, it was a face melter. I mean, it was great metal. It was. Like just prime of that, uh, you know, early of the eighties, mid eighties, pre glam, and with operatic, very operatic vocals. Right. Oh man, so good. I I know. Good. I know that I heard them, but like I can't for the life of me. uh, I can't. I can't tune into that station for right now. I'm gonna have to go check them out. It reminds me, in a way, of a band called um, a more contemporary band called Sacred Steel. Okay, um, who were kind of that same kind of that epic, like punching you in the face, yeah, metal and rock with the very operatic, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, vocal range yeah. and everything. So there yeah. were, you know, and they weren't like the thing with Bride is they were very. Um, how they hid their me- not hid the message, but how they presented their message uh, wasn't very like hitting you on the head with right. the Bible or anything. It was very poetic and kind of suggestive in there. And um, but the, again, it's the music that was just like wow, yeah. this was awesome. It's interesting that um, like because that 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 time frame where those Christian metal bands were happening and like there was. Um, there was a crossover there too with some hip hop stuff. And then like, I remember at a certain point, like the hardcore thing, I remember, do you remember that band called one bad pig? I don't know if you ever remember that band. The name sounds familiar. Yeah. They were like one of the first, I want to call it like a hardcore kind of a, a Christian band. Um, one of the first bands that I heard in that world that I was like, Oh wow, that's, that's risky, you know? Yeah. Cause that's yeah. the thing is like, how far can you push it and push, push that message you're trying to, 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 to get across, but not alienate those people that are looking for that message. And it, yeah. and it was a weird time in there where if you yeah. fast forward now 40 years, like, some of my favorite heavy bands are Christian bands. And it's just so weird because it's like, if you were to listen to them, you wouldn't, there would be no connotation at all that this band is 
spreading a message of of yeah. that, but like because I think that there's like uh, they were allowed up until a certain point that the church kind of was weird about creative minded yes. people. Absolutely. Um, but it seems like at, once we got into the early 2000s, those kids started to really embrace all that kind of stuff. You had bands like Under Oath and you had like not even heavy bands, but like Copeland, which were kind of like an indie band that were a Christian band. Um, I know that there was Pedro the Lion. Pedro which was the like Lion. Emo, the emo dude. band. Oh, man. P.O.D., which yep. was, you know, yep. they were a Heavier Christian band. band. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Norm- but like yep. when this like but like you were saying though in the mid 80s uh whenever there was the first rise of this kind of like not gospel gospel you right, know right. where it was like contemporary music genres being infused with a religious message yeah um whether it was you know like was it shelter who was uh they were Hare krishna yep or great um, stuff you know something like that yep. you know most of the time it was very like it was all very soft very palatable for you know whatever your parents could listen to it and ooh, hey you know feel yep. a little groovy with it right. or whatever but it yeah, wasn't yeah. i mean it was at the most it was pop you know right. amy grant or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And even Amy Grant with her pop song Baby Baby got huge backlash. Yeah, man. And a lot of these metal bands that were Christian metal bands uh, would, would get a lot of backlash from yeah. the church, different church groups because they were doing the devil's music. Right. But what they were doing, it was they were playing the music that they liked. Right. They were playing it to, and targeting it to a certain group who didn't get that. Usually, you know. Uh, people who are on the outskirts uh, yep. didn't be- feel like they belonged in churches or anything like that. Yep. And then, you know, and it wasn't very creative and it wasn't, you know, a lot of the, that other stuff wasn't very creative and it wasn't really very good. And, you know, even some of the stuff like, like, uh, you know, DC Talk that uh, right. people, yeah. a lot of people remember DC Talk yep. who, you know, did a lot of early hip hop type stuff. Yep. And uh, pro- pro- got more progressive with each, and experimental with each, you know, their albums. But still, yep. um, you know, there's a there's a certain expectation whenever you hear uh, that kind of like contemporary, you know, Christian yep. music of the day. So. Yeah, man. But I thought that was just, you know, I, I it, it unlocked uh, some memories of, uh, you know, a, li- listening to music that still seemed. Um, kind of transgressive right um you know and and also but not necessarily but being okay because it wasn't right you know it right. was like it hit you in, as hard in the face as like say like a guns and roses right but it was the complete opposite in content yeah and, and, yeah, yeah yeah you know funny so, enough funny enough you bring that up i just saw a um it was a um advertisement for george lynch of uh of Dokken and the singer Michael Sweet from Striper. They have a band yeah. together now. And Striper was one of those bands. They took a lot of shit from people back in yes. the day. But they On were all sides, man. But, yes. And but they were very accomplished players. They were very yes, they were. good players. And a lot yep. of people in those worlds had a lot of respect for those dudes. Um they yep. just they were in that zeitgeist of like they were kind of the first popular Christian metal band and they just got punished for everything that they did but i think it's funny now that they're <laughs> now he's he you know they're he's being more accepted yeah and, and funny enough and i think we talked about this before that uh, michael sweet and uh um you thinking of dave mustaine for some reason I'm no it's uh it's freaking uh king diamond Good oh God. king diamond yes yeah yes, yes. he and king diamond are friends so i just think it's great that like that's where we're at you know yeah yeah yeah, well, you know, like you said, Striper got a lot of flack because they were, they were kind of considered to be gimmicky because they were very open about their uh, Christianity, yeah. Christianity, and about their religious views and incorporating that into their music. And their music was good; they were solid musicians, yeah. like you said. And um, but they also wore the uh, the stripes, yellow and black stripes, right. 
And then, you know, they did, did a pop album where, you know, and they went to change for yellow and blue. Or, that's uh, right. Black and blue. Yeah, yeah, that's black right. Black and blue for that album. And it didn't do as well good, so they changed back. But still, um, just, did, again, you know, just a lot of heavy nostalgia uh, brought about by that. And, yep. Um, yep. you know, just a lot of fun. And I just wanted to share that with you because, you know, I know that, you know, that would bring up some. Yeah, that's great. Some old memories is there, and you know, Absolutely. maybe maybe some of our friends out there in uh, in Weirdsville uh, want to check out some um, some some face burning metal. Uh, Absolutely, you know, with the uh, with with Jesus involved somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Anyway, you know, also, yeah, but hey, if you want to, you want to check out some post hardcore or some hardcore, straight up hardcore with uh, with Krishna involved, you know. Oh, lots, show. lots of great, yeah, and, lots uh, of great Krishna yeah. bands, man. One hundred and eight yeah. and Shelter, and uh, there was a whole there was a whole thing happening there that yep. I'm, I'm a big fan of. So. Cool deal. All right. Well, let's move out of our musical area that, you know, we have a tendency to talk about off air and we can babble on for quite a long time uh, um, to today's guest, who's also a uh, creative and was in some uh, or some metal bands back in his day, as he discusses. Um, today's guest is Timothy Wayne Williams or Tim, as we call him. And he is a former musician, or he's still a musician, but former musician, and a artist, a professional artist and painter, does oil paintings of uh, landscapes, but he includes a special thing, and you will hear right about that. And he's also got some really cool um, supernatural-type stories as well. So, Tim, thank you for joining us. What's your weird story? Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Well, my weird story uh, is kind of my career right now. Um, well, first, let me give you some background. I was a musician for a long, long time. Nice. And uh, I was a professional drummer and did that for a long time. And I did not become a rock star, which I thought for sure I was going to. Mm. And I had tried since like the age of 12 to become a rock star. And um, I got real close, you know, super, super close, actually. But um, when that all fell apart, I didn't know what I was going to do. It was like two years of like super bad depression. Mm. And um, I had mentioned to my mother-in-law that, you know, hey, you know, I might want to try oil painting sometime. You know, I always thought that was cool. So that Christmas, she got me an oil paint set. And so I started oil painting, you know, probably in my mm, early 30s. And, uh, you know, I had modest success, you know, and, uh, you know, I had a day job where I was a graphic uh, artist. And um, so I went along and, and uh, did art shows, you know, with, you know, OK success. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't anything major. Um, then one day I was listening to a, a podcast while I was painting and it, and it had to do with Bigfoot. And um, I got inspired, and I just just I thought it was funny if I just put a little Bigfoot in the in the back of this landscape I was doing somewhere hidden in the trees, okay. you know, and no big deal, just did it, didn't even tell anybody. And um, one day at an art show, I was trying to get people just to stay in my booth because right. just people. Just, you know, and I started telling people, hey, can you spot the Bigfoot in this painting here? And uh, then I noticed people really kind of liked it, you know. Um, then I started doing more. And sometimes I'd tell the people and sometimes I wouldn't that there was a Bigfoot in it. You know, <laughs> I bet there's dozens of paintings out there that people have no idea I hit a Bigfoot in it, you know. Okay, yeah. Uh, but I, I started doing that. And um, I, I posted it on Facebook in a couple, you know, like uh, Bigfoot Facebook groups. Didn't think much about it. And like in the first day, I got like a thousand likes. Wow. It's like, now, wait a minute. I, I might be on to something. Yeah, here, you yeah, know? yeah. And, uh, so I kept doing it. And uh, people were just going out of their minds about this. 
And and I was just like, it's it's just a dumb little thing, you know, that just something so simple as this. But people, it's like an adult where's Waldo mm-hmm. that the adults don't feel weird about doing, you know, and yeah. kids like it too. And um, you know, and the hardcore Bigfoot people love it because the paintings look like just normal landscapes, and and, and you know, it's they love inviting people into their house. People will, you know, maybe gush over the painting and then they're like, oh, okay, but here's this added element. So, so anyway, it started getting bigger and bigger. And I joined all these groups and started posting them everywhere. And um, finally, I was at my day job one day and, uh, and I was having a horrible day. And uh, I started doing the math in my head and I was all like, you know, if I could do one or two of these paintings a week, I bet I'd make almost the the same amount of money. Yeah. So like that day, I was like, all right, you have my notice. I'm, I'm out of here. And I have been there 32 years. Wow. Dang man. And I hated every moment of it. Um, you know, I just didn't think I could do anything else. Sure. You know, so anyway, um, so I quit that job, and I've been uh, a professional painter for about six months now. That's you know? amazing, dude, man. That is awesome, man. That's that great. is that it's, is living the dream, dude. That's, oh, I know. I know. That's look, hey, and that's um, that's right there with you know making it as a rock star. I think. Oh, absolutely. I know. You're probably be- you're better off because you don't have to yeah. deal with other people in your band. Exactly. Yeah, I don't have to worry about the egos. Yeah. Except yeah. my own. <laughs> so that so how okay so so you kind of so you put some feelers out on Facebook and then people started to kind of go, hey, you're onto something here with all the likes. Yeah. Um. And to expand on that. Um. One of my fans was Doug Hycheck. I don't know if you know who he is, but he was the producer of Monster Quest. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And he he really liked my stuff. And um, his son and, and him and his son, I should say, um, started a publishing company. Okay. And they've been publishing some books and stuff. And uh, I had self-published a calendar and I said, you know, how about let's do a calendar? Um, and they they thought it was a great idea. So we did a calendar last year that, you know, has all my paintings and each month has a, you wow. know, Bigfoot in it. And uh, I'm working on next year's calendar right now. So that's been a great, you know. That's so cool. That is really yeah. cool. He's a great guy. Both those guys are really nice. Does it your calendar? Does it have kind of like? Are you moving through the seasons uh, in the landscapes? You know, so it goes like from winter to winter, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Are you? Um, People really like it. Are you selling? Are they? Are you selling prints? Or are you just selling like one-off, like originals? I mostly do uh, just originals, which is very rare. Mm-hmm. Um, there is this company I work with called Fine Art America that you can find me on. And I have some stuff that you can order from there, and they're kind of a print-on-demand kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get prints from there, but you can also get, like, coffee mugs. And, hell, you can get shower curtains, which is crazy, which sure. no one's bought. Right. No one's bought a shower curtain yet. Which <laughs> yeah. That would be badass, yeah. though. Man. That would be really awesome. We've got a friend who... Jeff Hubbard. That's what we can get. Voice of the uh, listener. That's right. Our special correspondent, our resident Bigfoot expert. Uh, maybe, we, maybe we'll have to get him uh, yeah. that for his uh, birthday or something. <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> shower that is, curtain. That is awesome. That's a great idea. That is yeah. really cool. Um. So do you are do you are you working out of your house? You have a studio. How do you how do you do uh, it? Yeah, I'm in my studio right now, which is basically my daughter's old bedroom. Nice. That's some chalk art up on the wall that nice. I I left up. That's great. I've got like yeah, Calvin and Hobbes. Oh, wow. oh, that's cool. Yeah, she did that. So. Uh, oh wow, she's really good. That's that yeah. look. That's a very good. 
uh, Bill Watterson represented yeah, recreation yeah. He, there. He's a genius. I, uh, he's he's actually one of my major inspirations. Like, yes, yeah. genius. Well, you know, he's he's coming out uh, very soon, I believe. I think it's this year with a original graphic novel uh, aimed at uh, adults, not necessarily like sexy, but you know, as for like an adult audience, not for oh, cool. not a, not a kids know. kind of like Calvin and Hobbes kind of thing. Right on. That's right cool. On. So, yeah, that guy's a genius. So, were you like before you started doing the painting and stuff? Were you did you draw? Were you I mean, were you creative in that way, or did you? Yeah, you know, I always could draw a little bit. I always thought of myself as a musician first, you know, and uh, and when that all blew up, and and uh, I didn't have the heart to start it all over again, you know. I was, I had gotten so close, and it was just like I am not going to, you know, do this again. Sure. So. Um, so yeah, I, I just expanded on it, you know, my little bit of drawing that I could do, and, and it was like, I, you know, I always wanted to paint, you know, always wanted to try it, and I was amazed in like the first year of painting, and this is no lie, I made more money in the first year of painting than I did in about like five years of wow. music. Wow! Wow! You just, just you know, when you're trying to make it and you're just scrapping and and yep. clawing, you're ba- you're almost like paying to play. Yeah, you yeah. Just want to get out there, so you just know, you know, if you got gas money, it was a big deal. Yeah. So it was. I never made any, you know, significant amount mm-hmm. of money. Sure. And so it, it was unbelievable. My first year, I uh, my uh, my wife's family's German. Okay. And. Uh, there's this German bakery in town and through just word of mouth through there, I painted like every damn German castle in Germany for these people. You know, everyone's yeah. like, Oh, there's a castle in my hometown, but you paint that. So nice. it's like, it's so many German castles. That's it's awesome though. That's great. What kind of a, what kind of a band were you, did you play in or were you in several? Cause you know, drummers tend to be in more than one sometimes. No, I was just, the the main band I was in was called Storybook Romance, and you can find us on YouTube. Um, we were a metal band, you know. Okay. I, mm-hmm. we, we came out right as like grunge was hitting. We yep. came out at kind of bad time. We weren't really grunge, but um, we were kind of in between. I would say, like just yep. kind of the old school, you know, eighties metal and grunge. Mm-hmm, sure. Like right in the middle. Sure. Yeah, man, grunge came out and just really, I mean, that was a brick wall built up almost overnight. And every other, and any kind of hard rock or metal band just ran into it. Yeah. Yep. Which is unfortunate because there are so many great bands that didn't, you know, they didn't deserve that. And, uh, And and they they got kind of lumped into that whole thing and um, yeah that was a crazy time for sure. It was absolutely was yeah. There were uh, yeah. there were a few bands from around here that were kind of you know on their way up and then when that thing hit they just psh, gone see ya. Mm-hmm. So um, and and Adam and I both played in bands and so you know we did oh, right. did the whole touring thing and all that and yeah. uh it's tough dude you know the thing is is that people that work for bands make more money than the bands and that's the sad truth of it <laughs> you know yeah and, and it's it's that's why i say it's probably better off that you're doing your own thing now because now you're your own limit you know you 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 you're able to do what you want to do and you don't have to run it by anybody you don't owe anybody huge amounts of money that's a good thing you know yeah how, how do you get the word out about about your uh, art and stuff you know it's mostly just through social media um you know i've got a website but this is i i'm so fortunate and i'm so grateful for this but i sell so fast that I literally paint it, and while it's still on my easel, I'll take a picture of it, post it, and it usually sells in about an hour. Wow. Wow, dude. And, 
And and then I have to explain when someone buys it, okay, it's got to dry. You know, these right. are built. Right. And it may take a couple of weeks for it to dry, and and uh, then I've got to varnish it. You know, but I'm selling them like while they're wet. You know, wow. and, uh, so I'm I'm extremely fortunate. It's great. I pinch myself every day. Have you uh, have you played with acrylics at all, or are you just sticking with the oils? I have. Um, there's a place in downtown Indianapolis called the Propylium. And uh, occasionally they invite me there to teach a class, mm-hmm. and I'll do that in acrylics. It's much easier to to do yeah. that than oils. It's a lot less mess, and uh, that place is really cool too. Yeah, I uh, I I I don't have the patience uh, for oils. I like to work quickly when I paint. Well, that's uh, right. I looked at your stuff. You do you do a lot of. Uh, Portrait kind of stuff. Kind yeah, of, yeah. Uh, Recently, I've been doing a lot yeah. of portrait stuff and figure. Hey, I do a lot. Thank you. He does all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I, I have, I have watched him grow, literally uh, and figuratively, into the artist that he is, and I'm, I'm so proud of him. I mean, everything he does for us is all, all the artwork that you see. You know, he does it all. Every week, he's churning something out for every episode. It, it's, you know, he's. He is prolific and uh, and he he does amazing work. So it's always good to have artists on here. You guys can talk, and I have no idea what the <laughs> fuck you're talking about. But it, I am interested in it. It's very curious. It's it's cool. Yeah, I I, I don't I just don't do watercolors because man that takes that takes someone really brave. Like oil painting is so forgiving. If you screw up, man, you can you can either scrape it off or wait for it to dry and paint over it or just keep working it, you know, with with watercolors, man. You gotta plan that. You, you right. know, you gotta plan that and I just yeah, watercolors, that's that's crazy. Yeah, it is because one errant drop of water can ruin an entire thing you've been working on for days or weeks or whatever. And uh, I'm not, you know, I'm also not, um, I don't want to say I'm not super clean, but accidents tend to happen. And I usually let them, I try to, you know, to the the Bob Ross route of making it a happy accident and turning it into something, but <laughs> there's really not a whole hell of a lot you can do with the watercolor if you drip on that and it starts going everywhere. So, whenever I teach a class, everyone, you know, the it's it happens every class. Someone goes, oh, I'm going to paint happy trees. I'm going to put happy trees, and I'm like, hey, 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 these are my trees. These are not happy trees. These are my- these trees are bitter and full of self-doubt. Right. <laughs> Tim Williams trees. That's great. That's funny. I have to ask you, so, all right, so you decide I'm going to put a Bigfoot here in the painting. What What do you think it is that, like, drew you to do that? Was there, Did you have a Bigfoot experience? Like, what was the... Well, I've always been super interested in it. You know, I, I I remember my dad coming and getting me uh, when the show In Search Of was on, you know, yeah, yeah. back in the 70s, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, I remember seeing that Patterson-Gillman film and just mm-hmm. being blown away. I was like, oh, my God, there's like really monsters, you know. And uh, so I got, you know, super interested in it. And, and, you know, I read everything I could as a kid, you know, never thinking they were in Indiana. But now I hear that they are like uh, in southern Indiana. You, mm-hmm. There's a chance you might run into something. That's what I was going to ask is does Indiana have a Bigfoot, you know, uh, population? Uh they say there is. There are people here that, that go on regular, like, I guess you would call it like a Bigfoot expedition. Yeah. And uh, they'll take groups out to um, like the Hoosier National Forest and some other places, okay. you know, down, down southern Indiana where it's a little hillier and sure. a lot more wooded. And supposedly they have experiences. I, I haven't done them yet. I've been invited to them, but I, I just have not gone yet. I can see it. I've been out down in uh, that southeast Indiana. <laughs> Uh, and um, I could see where you know that uh, where there could be 
a lot in that area with because there's a lot of hills and valleys kind of stuff and, and, and a lot of trees. And that seems like it would be, a, you know, a place that definitely could support a kind of uh, population like that because I see all sorts of deer and everything around there. My daughter lives in uh, Columbus, Indiana, and uh, there they used to have a legend of something called the Millrace Monster. And it was a Bigfoot-type creature that okay. they had seen. And I always bring that. Every time I go visit my daughter, I'm, like, scanning the woods, you know, around her, <laughs> around her house. They, they think I'm nuts. But. I tell you, well, we went to the Bigfoot Festival here in Oklahoma uh, a couple of years ago, a few years ago. And I never realized, I had heard, you know, that, that we had a Bigfoot Festival, but never really, always kind of thought, oh, this is kind of a tongue-in-cheek kind of a thing. Because mm-hmm. there's no there's no Bigfoots in Oklahoma, but you go down to where this thing is, and you can tell like it, it very forest mountains, lots of places for these things. They could be anywhere, and you go there, and people are just very open about their experiences, and it's it's interesting. If you ever have a chance to go do anything like that, you know. I think people would love to talk to you because yeah. also of, you could set up yeah, booths. Absolutely, as well. man. Pe- I've started doing that. That's great because uh, people yeah, would eat I, that I did, up. Uh, I did one in West Virginia and Kentucky last year, and this nice. year, this year so far, I'm doing one in Ocala, Florida, next month. Oh wow! wow. Yeah, and um, then in, in, oh, I'll be in Ohio at uh, the Salt Fork. Um, is it Salt Fork um, National Park? Is that, Sounds is that right. Okay. Yeah, somewhere there, and um, then I'll be in Kentucky again too. Very cool. Very and cool. I, I don't know. I may do more. I, they were, yeah, they were super fun. Yeah. yeah. Now, have you actually? You have you seen a Bigfoot, or are you just uh, no. on on his trail? Just yeah. Now I may one of these days because I keep getting invited to stuff. So yeah, I maybe one of these days I will. Get this, we call it what's your weird story, right? But we don't limit it to weird stories. It's true. Sometimes we have crazy travel and epic adventure stories. Sometimes we do book reports and other special episodes. Sometimes we'll cover some weird news. Sometimes I'll see one of my oldest, dearest friends just dancing around and punching the air for five minutes before we sit down and record an episode. But hey, it's all good because it's fun to talk to people, to make new friends, to get in touch and reacquainted with old friends and hear amazing stories. Okay, so I got to ask you, your, what, what other uh, paranormal experiences have you had or any stories in that world that you would like to share? Sure, We'd sure. love to hear um, I have a couple, and I think they're unique. Okay. Uh, one... They're almost opposite sides of a coin. Um, one of them almost felt like a demon, and one felt like an angel. Wow. So, okay, I'll tell you the the, the one that was spooky first. Um, when I was playing in a band in high school, um, we had rented out this big, like, hall, and we were going to put on this big show, and we spent a bunch of money. And... Um, we were there one night setting up, and uh, we the whole band was there, and I think maybe some like bartender because some sometimes they, they had a bar there that was open sometimes. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, um, we're all standing by the soundboard, and out of nowhere, we hear this loud cackling laugh, just. Just somebody laughing like they heard the funniest joke anyone had ever told. And we look up, and there is this little man. He looked like 
Scatman Crothers. Do you remember him? He was in The Shining. He was the the groundskeeper in The Shining. He looked yep. like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he was sitting on one of our speakers just laughing, like, really hard. And we're all looking at each other like, who is this guy and how did he get in here? And, and we still are not sure how he could have got in and we not see him. So anyway, I we're all kind of like pushing each other, you know, like someone to go talk to him and find out what he's doing here. So, of course, everyone pushes me up. So, <laughs> Well, you've got yeah. to. You're the drummer. You're <laughs> expendable. Yeah. yeah. So I we walk up to the guy. Spinal tap. So. <laughs> so I, I, I walk up to the guy, and uh, um, as soon as I got close to him, he's like, "Hey, hey, hey! I got some for you. You're gonna love this." I'm like, "Oh, okay. It's a drug deal." And he's like, "He's like, no, no, man. I got, I got something for you." And he. He pulls out a stack of Polaroids that were so tall, his fingers could barely fit around it. And uh, he's like, oh, I got some for you. And he hands me these Polaroids, and they're super pornographic. And just one after another. And I, I'm like, oh, okay, he's a pimp. I'm like, okay. And he's yeah. like, hey, I can get you some of this. And I'm like, I am absolutely not interested in that. And then he started like saying, I can get you anything. You know, what do you want? What What do you need? And I'm like, I, I don't need anything, man. And uh, the, one of the guitar players came up too, and, and he was um, talking to him, and he kind of asked him too, you know, do you you need anything? I can get you anything you need. And, and we're all like, no, man, we're, we're good. We're good. And then, um, so he creeped us out so much. We're like, okay, well, hey, we'll talk to you later. And, you know, we kind of, you know, back away. We go back to the soundboard. And in the time it took us to all kind of huddle, like, what what is this guy doing here? What the hell? We look up and he's gone. Wow. He's completely gone. No one saw him come in and no one saw him leave. And it's like, we would have seen him leave. You know, the way the door was to the building, you know, there was a garage door, but we had closed it. But there was, you know, you know, in and out door that he didn't go in and out. We to this day have no idea how that guy got got in the building and left. And it was creepy. Wow. That is creepy. That sounds like the guy that uh, uh, Alex Jones talks about that all successful bands have to sign a. A contract with them. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Do you hear, I don't know if you've read that recently. It's like every single band to get a record deal has to uh, sign away a contract and renouncing uh, God and Jesus and, you know, saying, swearing fealty to the devil. But uh, you know, not, in his defense, a little bit. I have heard some rappers come out and say, oh, yeah, I absolutely had to do that. So I don't yeah. know. If it's true. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, that particular devil's price should night, so. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't well, know, man. Yeah, but, that's, a, that's a freaky topic, yeah. Yeah, that that is a really, that is really weird. That's really weird. I wonder, that sounds kind of like, um, oh, there was a, there's a couple of characters that were kind of, um, in the south area close to where I went to college for a bit um, that I forget their names we had a couple guys two different people on our show talking about this guy and he was like they call, he was like a root doctor but he's also like this uh, you know kind of a creepy character old man who would ride around on his bike and he couldn't you know he could never be he would get arrested, but he, they couldn't like keep him in cuffs. He would escape, mm. and like, um, oh gosh, I'm trying to think of. I can't even remember what they called him. But uh, wasn't that wasn't that one of the where who who do you remember who? Told yeah, us well, that? My, yeah, Micah told us about one of them, and I want to say that he called it the Weebido. Yeah, 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 like yeah, that. something like and that. Then, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. Our uh, our friend Josh. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's right. That talked about the other guy, something like Tricky Tricky Sam or something. Yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. That's, and, right. Uh, that's right. But he, he was this. Yeah, he was this a character. Trickster. Yeah. It's a trickster character, yeah, kind yeah. of like you would get from, um, well, a lot of like old, you know, pre-Christian belief systems. You know, a lot of different. Uh, things where you know you would get this kind of this trickster who would uh, you know and, and I guess aspects of uh, kind of aspects of the right. devil in there too you know um, you but, talk you talk about you know um, you talk about that kind of stuff and, and you talk about the um, I guess the element of like um, selling yourself mm-hmm. to whatever um, I think there is a bit of that when it comes to f- fame. When it comes to what will you do to get mm. to where you got to go, it may be figurative or it may be, maybe it is an actual person or it's a group of people that you're dealing with. But um, I think that's why people have such issues once they've experienced some fame coming out of that and mm-hmm. and, and being a normal person um, because they've been in a world where everything is at their fingertips and, and they can have whatever they want. And, you know, maybe that entity was just representing that to you guys at that time for whatever reason, um, made you think of that for sure. Um, it's interesting that it still sticks with you because that must've meant it was very, it made an imprint, made a big imprint on you. I mean, people have said, Oh, that's your crossroads moment. Yeah. You know? And, uh, you know, if I would have just said, nah, it's just some crazy guy. I just wondered, uh, but, you know, just no one saw him, you know, leave or, you know, arrive. And yeah. and the way he laughed, the cackling laugh, and for no reason, you know, by himself, just mm-hmm. sitting on a sitting on a speaker, I think it was, and just, just laughing his ass off. So creepy. Yeah. You know, so yeah, that is weird, man. That is really cool. We've so, heard, yeah. Okay, you want to hear the other one? Then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Love to. Okay, now this one is a is 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 weird too. Um, and I think it's unique because it's not your normal angel. Like, oh, I met an angel, and you know, it's, it helped me out of a car I crashed or something like that. This one is so m- more mundane than that. So, my family, we, we had, uh, when the kids were little, we were really pretty poor. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had problems with our toilet. And I, we did not have the money to pay for a plumber. No way, no how. And uh, I had taken the toilet off, thinking, okay, I'll replace it with this new toilet and we'll be good to go. Well, I, I took it off, and then I realized the way the way it was put on that there was no way I was going to get a new new toilet back on like like I thought I was. Uh-huh. And there was just this weird gap I didn't know how to deal with. And uh, I, I know it's crazy; it's a toilet, but it was stressing me out to no end. And, uh, and like another day goes by and the, and the family's like, we're not going in a bucket much longer, you know? Yeah. And they were getting really irritated with me and I was stressed. I even had a friend of mine stop by whose dad was a plumber and he knew a lot about plumbing and he even looked at it. It was like, I have no idea what to do with that. And I was like, I, I don't know what to do. I just can't get a plumber. And, you know, and I, So I decided, you know what, I'm just going to go to the hardware store for like the fifth time and just look around and just see if something, there might be something that'll help me fix this. So, um, you know, I had, I had went to hardware stores and I was asking the plumbing experts there. No one seemed to know what to do. And, uh, so I, again, was at this other hardware store and was just in the plumbing section, just disheartened and just was like, I don't know what I'm going to do here. And just staring at nothing, you know, just look, I'm in this yeah. aisle, just not knowing what to do. And this weird looking guy comes up to me and, uh, and I, I, he like was annoying me. I was like, why is, why is this guy even talking to me? You know, 
And he's like, well, what are you working on? And I'm like, oh, you know, I, I just got this plumbing issue I'm dealing with. And he's like, well, well, what is it? And I'm like, oh, you know, don't worry about it. It's, you know. And he's like, no, no, tell me, tell me. So this guy insisted I tell him what the problem is. And um, I finally, I was like, all right, okay, if you want to hear it. So I told the guy. And he just walks over like, like 10 feet away and grabs this part, hands it to me, tells me exactly how to put it in. And I'm like, are you a plumber? No, no, not a plumber. But he knew exactly how to put it in. And then he just walks away into the next aisle. My wife, at the same time as a guy walks away, my wife walks up and I go, that guy just told me, he just gave me this part and told me exactly how to fix this. And she's like, well, what guy are you talking about? I'm like, here, I'll show you. He's in the next aisle. We go in the next aisle. He's gone. Wow. I looked around for a while, you know, I thought, you know, he's got to be around here somewhere. I was going to thank him again, you know, and he was just gone. I never did see him, you know, and I I went home, put that part in and it was perfect. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. So I don't know. You know, people are like, "Oh, you wouldn't get some angel encounter with you know something with a toilet," but I'm like, "You don't know." You how never, yeah, like. man. That's yeah. that's real. I mean, because like, look, like you, you were in need, and you were at your wit's end, and sometimes you know, like you don't like. I know in the in the Bible, there's a story about how. Um, you know, angels would disguise themselves, and they would go to people's house houses, uh, and you know, ask for it to be fed, and then you know, and if people let them in or not, you know, that was kind of a thing to kind of like you know, you know, ascertain them. But like, I don't know. I mean, because you hear all sorts of different kinds of stories about how people meet angels, and you're right, they're not all lifting cars off or you know doing super crazy divine things sometimes yeah maybe it is just a, a weird looking old guy right who knows how to fix your toilet yeah, right <laughs> that's a pretty major thing though too like he, he wasn't an old guy he was actually young okay he, he looked younger than me and he he just looked strange he just looked like some I, I can't even put words to it. Just like just someone you wouldn't really want to chat with. You yeah. just like some like overly nosy person who just happened to, you know, be, you know, wanted to talk, you know, yeah. one of those people yeah, yeah. Just, just wants to talk, Yeah, you know? And, uh, so I feel kind of bad, you know, cause at first I was kind of turning them away. It was kind of like, uh, you know, yeah. I don't want to go. So it's, it was crazy. That's kind of weird that he just had the answer. Like he just knew what you were talking yeah. about. Like, no hesitation. As soon as I got through exactly what the problem was, he just went over, grabbed his part, and was like, oh, this is what you need. That's interesting, man. I bet you that was... Now, how was he dressed? Was he dressed contemporary, or was he dressed kind of old-timey? Oh, man, I don't remember much about that, but I, I know it wasn't old-timey. It was definitely just normal, yeah, dress. I think he had shorts on. I was going to say, that could have been the the ghost of John Crapper, the man who invented the toilet. (laughs) Right. Right. When you go go without a major um, utility, I'll call it, in your home, you don't realize how much, how important it is to your home. Oh, yeah. And then when you're without it, it's it's terrible. And you got a family that's relying on you mm-hmm. to, and you the buck stops with you. If you can't fix it, then you're you're screwed. So I've been there, man. I I have had issues with. I am not a mechanic at all, uh, but with the work that I do, like I have to do some mechanical stuff. And I'll, I've had a few instances where it's like I'll get into something and I won't know what to do, and I'm freaking out about it, and. It'll take me a few days to figure it out, but you know you're just you're thankful for whatever help you can get whenever you mm-hmm. can get it, and it sounds like you got the help you needed, and whatever yeah. whatever it was, was was supposed to be there and was supposed to happen. Yep, you know, it was amazing. Yeah, that's cool. No, I, I am not a handy dude at all. Yeah, 
Yeah. I can't fix my car. I tried to change my own oil once and ended up <laughs> pretty much the, ended up pretty much in the fetal position under my car, just wondering, you know, yeah. about my life choices. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know, they pay people to do this. Right. Yeah. That's know. right. Yep. That's, that's right. Uh, yeah. That's, that's that's exactly true. There's a lot of things that I think that I should know how to do that my dad would probably have known how to done. Uh, oh, yeah. But uh, I, you know, he, but my dad grew up on the farm, you know, right. in, in the 50s, right. 60s. So, you yeah. know, it was a different world back then. He could, he had to know how to fix that stuff. Yeah. I, 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 he never, he purposely never instructed me how to change our oil. Just let somebody else do that. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Well, Tim, it's been great to talk to you, man. How, how can people get in touch with you, um, see your art and, all the things that you're doing, man. Uh, yeah, there's a, a few ways. Um, if you want to go to my Facebook artist page, my I, I give my personal page out, but it actually is maxed out on friends. Okay. Okay. Oh, wow. So I'm sending everybody to uh, my Facebook artist page, and that is t.w.williamsfinearts. If you uh, put that in, it'll take you right to my page. And um, on Instagram, it's Timothy underscore Wayne underscore Williams underscore. Cool. And um, on, I'm I'm almost never on Twitter, but my Twitter is at TW Williams Fine Art. Okay. And um, I do have a website, but. Uh, I think I told you I, I sell so fast that yeah. I have not I haven't updated my website in six months. Okay, because it's just no point in doing mm-hmm. it. But my bio is on there, and if you okay. if people want to check that out, and that is uh, T W Williams uh, Fine Art dot com. Okay, great, very cool. Have you thought about putting together a book as well of all your uh, yes, yeah, you know project. I had talked to, you know, Doug Highcheck uh, a little bit in the beginning. We were talking about maybe doing a uh, coffee table book, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I still like that idea. I want to do like a, you know, this is like your personal expedition, you know, mm-hmm. to look, you know. So I don't know. That That is something I think will happen at some point. So. Cool. Nice. Cool. Let us know when it happens, man. You come Absolutely. back on and, and talk about it, you know. We'd love to, Absolutely. Love to do Absolutely. that. Okay, man. Well, cool. We'll let you have your evening free, and we appreciate you taking time out to, to hang out with us. Hey, it's my pleasure. I really appreciate it, guys. Hey, it's been Absol- a blast. Absolutely. Hey, you know what we need? What's that? We need a new ad for our merch store. Our merch store. I've had a few people reach out to me and ask me, just how do we get What's Your Weird Story merch? Huh. How do we get that What's Your Weird Story merch? What's dash your, spelled Y-E-R, dash weird, dash story dot myspreadshop.com that's what's dash your spelled y-e-r dash weird dash story dot myspreadshop.com that's correct get in touch with us go buy some merch we got some cool stuff yeah dude and you know what? If any of our listeners out there has some really cool ideas or has some really cool what's your weird story type art that they want to see on a t-shirt, get a hold of us. Maybe it'll happen. Oh, oh, and this is important. Uh, not really, but it, for me it is. Uh, it's the go that should have been uh, the Thomas Crapper who I referenced in the story about the inventor of the, of the toilet or, or plumbing. Um, uh, I don't know who John Crapper is, but, uh, you know, perhaps his ghost is out there somewhere as well. You know, I'm, we talk about what Tim does with his artwork. I, I go back to, uh, do you remember, um, Andre, the giant, the artist that would go around and, it was a big thing in the hardcore scene. Um, you would just see stickers of Andre the Giant everywhere. Yeah, Andre has uh, uh, 
Andre has a posse, but that was um, what was that guy's name? Spencer Banks or something like that. I don't know. I could be wrong on that. Um, but it was it was brilliant because it was like you didn't know what it meant. It was just it was everywhere, and it was guerrilla marketing. Yeah, um, Shepherd Fairy. Shepherd. I'm thinking Fairy. of Banksy. Banksy. And yeah. I don't know who. Uh, yeah. Uh, Andre the Giant has a posse. Okay. Yep. And uh, yep. and that was a big thing. And you just see these these stickers and these 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 big. Uh, sometimes you'd see painted, um, you know, on brick walls and things yep. like that. So uh, that's what I thought of whenever Tim had spoken about the uh, Bigfoot, how he would hide the Bigfoot in his paintings and stuff like that. I was like, you know, it's kind of genius because it kind of creates a little bit of a. Like you were saying, where where's Waldo? Kind of an idea. Mm-hmm. It's kind of kind of cool, man. And that. Yes. Uh, or 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 where's Wally for our uh, UK listeners? Out there. Where's Wally? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. there you go. <laughs> but great, uh, always great to have uh, like minded people. Um, you know, artist, musician, uh, and uh, his story about the uh, gentleman that uh, came to see them at one of the gigs that they had, and just that weird interaction was like, yeah, dude. really weird, man. Yeah, sounded like uh, the uh, Tricky Sam or or, or whatever or the right, Weebado. Right. Yeah. Sounded like that kind of trickster spirit, yeah, right? Um, you know that we've heard about yep. before. Um, so very bizarre, and then of course his plumbing angel. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, just unusual how I mean, how things like that happen. You know, I mean, yep. you hear a lot of people talk about. You know, I mean, tiny. I guess you could call it like a tiny miracle. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a small little thing, but it had a huge consequence. Yeah. You know, because he couldn't afford to get a plumber, and uh, you know, trying to do it himself, and they were at, you know, at his wit's end at the, as far as they could go with it, and um, you know, some random guy just there, you know, asking what he was doing. What his, you know, what his project was or whatever, and yep. then oh yeah, here you need you need this, this, and this, and then it was gone, you know. Yep. I mean, yeah, that's Oft- wild. Often, the, you know, we we catch ourselves in these times when we get desperate for something to happen, and I think it, that's a great story about perseverance and just continuing to do the best that you can given the circumstances, and you never know where an answer is going to come from, and uh, yep. that, that's just a a really great, a great uh, thing to keep in mind as we we keep you know sort of pushing through life and these obstacles coming my way. Hey, it could be in the form of a of a toilet, uh, could be in the form of financial difficulties, whatever it is. Uh, you know, it's always good to hear people express these things in a way that uh, you need to hear them in a in the way that you need to hear them. So. Thanks, Tim. We appreciate you coming on. And we would love to have you on. We would love to hear your weird stories. We would love if you're hiding a UFO in a painting somewhere and you're, you know, able to tap into a a group of folks that find that interesting. We'd love to hear that. We'd love to hear your story. Yeah, or if you're hiding a UFO for real from the government. Yeah, that'd be uh, sick, and, dude. And we would love to hear that story, or a Bigfoot, or some kind of ghostly encounter. Um, also, we, we like hearing about great you know, travel stories and uh, you know, living abroad and you know, things that happen while you're abroad. We've got a co- couple of cool stories like that coming up here soon yeah. in a few weeks. Um, or if you got, a, you know, you haven't or have had an unusual job that has, pr- you know, produced some really interesting, exciting, or hilarious stories, uh, like our guest next week, Preston, who was for a very long time a stuntman, um, and yeah. some really incredible stories from that kind of a life, um, you know, or whatever it is. We know you got good stories. We love good stories of any kind, weird, wild, funny, out there, whatever. We just love talking to you. We love connecting with you. And uh, we love sharing time and, um, you know, laughs and experiences. And, and I think it re- enriches us 
every week. We hope it enriches you every week. And of course, our storytelling guest. Absolutely. Yeah. Bring it back. Get on. Come back. Come on now. Ted for good buddy. Um, I just watched Smokey and the Bandit and Smoking the Bandit 2 over the weekend. Oh, nice, man. Still in my mind. I don't know if they're still on Netflix, but, you know, check nice. them out. Uh, Netflix is not paying me for this recommendation, but, you know, uh, nostalgia is. Uh, so <laughs> 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 all right, 10 Ford, good buddies, all of you out there in Weirdsville. Catch you next time. Hopefully, Smokey won't be on your tail. Uh, until then, be safe. Be weird. As always, if you have a weird story, we want to hear it. If you have a lot of them, we want to hear them all. We can't do this podcast without your invaluable contributions. Whether it's sharing your stories, listening, rating, and spreading the word about the podcast. Thanks for listening. Till next time, be safe. Be weird. The stories presented on the What's Your Weird Story podcast are, to our knowledge, true experiences that our guests have had. We can't take the time to research all claims made, and besides, it's just not as fun.